Stinka. Stinka. You hesitated. You do not have the Stinka spirit in you. That is one of my favorite arcs of the anime season. Oh, Golden Kamui season three. So I'm Inti. I'm Annie. And this is Fun Title. We serve every podcast with an F you. And the way we went over season one and two, fantastic seasons. But season three, it's much more simple. Just a straightforward. A quick rundown season one and two. Season one, we gotta collect people with tattoos to get a map to gold. Season two, the little girl that was helping me a ship, uh, father got shot in prison, and now the she's the only key to figuring out how to read the map. And they got separated, Sukimoto and Sherpa, which I think them separating allows the other characters to shine. Oh, interesting, I didn't think about that. Right, because if there's so much interaction between Sukimoto and a Sherpa that now it's like, it cuts down on that interaction completely, and allows them to interact with other characters, and for other characters to interact with each other. I mean, not to say that season 1 and 2 is lacking, though, other interactions but it just shines more in season 3. I always thought they just separated so that way we could get Surumi on Sugimoto's side now. The turnings of the different sides, some series do that really badly but I think Golden Kamui does it very well because it makes a lot of sense and there's only three groups to really- or four to balance between? You said um some series did it badly and I can only think about Toiko when it was Gomei Corpse versus the Hunters and then you introduced Neo and there was traitors on both sides who defected to Neo. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, on paper it's fairly simple, but reading it, I was like, why? Yeah, because a lot of mangas don't really do that. Um, That's my conclusion, by the way, my thesis. Because, like, let's just take Naruto. You have the good guys, and you have the bad guys, and then you had Orochimaru. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, too. He's the only one who really flip-flop. I think a it's lot. just really hard for writers to write gray characters where they can flip-flop any side. It's not only that, but you have to write like the hidden agenda ah. and like the character's actions have to be explained by this hidden agenda because it may seem weird but then it's like oh because I'm sure like well we'll get into it but one character is like <laughs> what the hell's going on who do you think plans this series more Golden Comedy or One Piece planning in terms of just story right just story oh I'll I'll get to Golden Comedy from what I can tell I think One Piece it's it's a fairly simple thing in comparison to Golden Kamui anyways. <laughs> like I said, there's Golden Kamui, there are these four groups, all with their own agenda. Wait, who's the fourth group? So obviously there's Sugimoto's group, the like Asherpa and Shiraishi. There's Higashikata's group with Penis Sensei. There's Surumi's group, which is oh. the military. And then I like to think like Ogata and Kiyoranke is kind of this fourth group. They're the mystery. Yeah, We okay. still don't know what fully what's going on. In honesty, you can almost say Ogata and Sophia become their oh. own groups now. So there's five at the end of this season. But what I think is One Piece is basically everyone goes to the Grand Line. Yeah. In Golden Kamui, it's these five groups that are all connected by the gold, but they come from such different backgrounds and they interconnect, but only at certain moments. Yeah. Because when the groups don't need each other, then they split off. Yes. And But you still have to keep them connected. While One Piece is just everyone kind of just follows one line to the Grand Line. <laughs> oh, speaking of one line, let's just get into the season summary. So, in the beginning, we have Sugimoto, Tanagaki, Koito, and Tsukishima. And Little Boy and Puppy. Ryu and Chipapsi? Chikatsi? Hard on. Hard on. <laughs> 
and they was trying to find a Sherpa, a cute little girl. But for some reason, Sugimoto only has pictures of Tanagaki naked. How would they find a Sherpa now? Until they find a little Ainu girl. Who they think is a Sherpa because... Racism. I wonder if that is part of it. No, it is um because the reason why they even was on the trail of this Ainu girl was because a Japanese woman said, Oh, I recognize this girl you're looking for. Yeah, she's over there. And when they found her, they're like, Ah, oh, these racist Japanese. They can't <laughs> tell the Ainu's apart. And then I think that's when she was being attacked by a Wolverine. <gasps> oh, I love that scene. Yeah, and then the grandpa had to come and save them, and he was like, look at my dogs, they take me places. And Koita's like, my feet hurt, can I ride your dogs? He's like, yes, for money. Except that fat one over there. (laughs) What's his name, Tanagaki? Kick him off. Shabby. And then, yeah, they go sledding until a Russian guy's like, hey, you know, fuck you. And then Sugimoto punches him out, and the Russian bar owner's like, he was my number one fighter in Stenka. Stenka! So we're gonna take your dogs. And Sugimoto's like, well, I'm gonna crash your head in. Until, what's that? Someone at Stenka might have a tattoo? And it's Japanese? Woo! So they enter the Stenka. I forget what that stands for. It means wall to wall, because it is wall to wall of man, flesh, and sweat just fighting the shit out of each other. Stenka. And then somehow, okay, they meet a man named Maiharu Gonsoku, and he is the gayest man in this series. Somehow, they up themselves. A very feminine face. A very wants to connect with his fellow man through skin contact. And he does when they get into a little sauna area. So this man just loves to fight and it's so gay. He's hilarious. <laughs> and then yeah, they have a little beat down with each other because it's Stenka. I wonder if that's a meme in the fandom because the fandom's not really big so I could never really participate. Yeah, you, know, you and me are just obsessed with Stenka. It's funny. <laughs> so anyways, they copy his tattoo and they tell him, Get the fuck out of Japan, you piece of shit. Or Russia? Where were they at this point? They're in Japan right now. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I think they're in Japan until the prison. Okay, gotcha. The prison break for the season finale. Yeah, and the lighthouse. Yes. So then we move on to the second group, which is Higashikata's group, where they need to find Yoichiro the manslayer, who was a prisoner at the... Was it called? Abashiri? Yes. I don't exactly remember why he wanted to find him. I think he just wanted another strong person on his team. Yes. But Yoichiro is suffering from, like, strong dementia. And so he just, like, he's kind of a very sad and lonely, widowed old man who's just walking through life. But if you start engaging with him, he, like, his brain transports everything back into the past. And he just, like, fights like the madman he was before. No, this was a very nice break in the story. Like, it really showed how much these people suffered in the war. And, like, Sugimoto used to be our only glimpse into that. And now we get to see some other guy. That is true. That is nice. I think it also, what I love is that... it just reinforces how much of a badass Higashikata is. And how much of a snack. <laughs> he is so good looking. He is so good look- Oh my god. They made a point to say he looks like Sugimoto when he was younger, right? Or am I crazy? I don't remember. Okay. But I'm like, this is a series that draws such a wide variety. And they have no care about drawing hot men. But it's such a unique art style. Yeah. But man, Higashikata Young is like one of the hottest anime characters. I think it's because the creator kind of says this where he draws these men and he knows what the audience thinks is hot and he knows what he thinks is hot. So a lot of the characters he draws how he thinks. 
thinks it's hot, but for the main characters, he makes sure to draw them so the audience finds it hot. Oh. Very bold to say, you know, oh, I know what your guys' taste is, you're wrong, but I'll pander anyways. Kathleen is married to a lady. <laughs> that reminds me of his interview quote. I forget what it was. I think it was, if you was a woman, which man would you marry? And he said, I would marry Penis Head because he's a kind, gentle lover, but then I have an affair with him with Tanagaki. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> and then Penis Sensei kills Tanagaki. Although I'm sure Penis Sensei was having his own things at the brothels. Let's be real. If you're married to Penis Head, it's a very open relationship. <laughs> But then we go back to Sugimoto's group because fuck a Sherpa. The whole point was like the mystery of what's happening to a Sherpa, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. It doesn't make sense because later on you find out that a Sherpa's group was kind of doing the same exact thing that Sugimoto's group was doing. And it's like, well, how come you guys didn't like find more clues or something to see each other? Well, because a Sherpa's group always wanted to go to Russia and break out Sophia. Oh. But um, Sugimoto's group had a difficult time figuring that out because I believe they went the wrong way at one point. Oh, yeah. And then they were able to get on the right track to go up north. But before they go on the right path, they join a circus, which really, nothing happens in this circus arc except for Tanagaki crying because he doesn't dance like a little girl. Anyways, yeah, there was this, the ringleader was a spy for Japan and he was in Russia? Yes, he used the circus troupe as a means of traveling through Russia as a means of a spy, which I think is supposed to help foreshadow some other things. Ah, yes. And then Koito was a mad lad this arc, which I'm glad because Koito is kind of like the newest guy, so we hardly get to see anything of him. And, you know, he shows his moves. Show you move. Yeah, it really makes you start to like Koito because otherwise he was just like this lap dog that did whatever he wanted like, for Tsurumi. Golden Kamui has a similar trait to One Piece where they know how to make likable characters. Like, you can see them in one chapter and you're like, hell yeah, he's one of my tops. And they're so memorable. Oh yeah. Like, there's this guy, you won't meet him season 3. He put water, I think, up his butthole and then he spit it out <laughs> of his mouth and I was like, well, who are you, sir? I think it's some kind of weird Japanese um game show, you know, oh. like a trick, whatever. <laughs> we don't question it. Yeah, that was just like a psych, basically. I thought it was very cute. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, um, it was really nice compared to the next psych. Like, that's kind of a mind fuck. So we finally get to Sherpa's group and finally seeing the journey to get from Japan to Russia. Don't they also meet a Ainu? Right, because they killed an Ainu group's reindeers. Yes. And then reindeer. It's important to them because the livestock and the transport. So then Ogata was like, Oh, I'm gonna bond with you by getting you a new reindeer. And once they bonded, Kiryonki's like, By the way, we need to get across this border. Could you help us out here? Let us borrow your clothes, yada yada. They dress up like Ainu a lot. Yeah. Some might say that's cultural appropriation. <laughs> I don't say it. So the group is traveling with a couple of Ainu people. They just want to cross the border, but... You know Ogata's having a good time because he lets the old man with the dogs hold his gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're having a great grand time. Nothing bad ever happens in Golden Kamui. (laughs) (laughs) There's like five people dead in this series already. (laughs) Anyways, old man's dead. He got shot. We don't know what he survives. 
That's gonna be the toys. The M. Night Shyamalama. <laughs> He's survived. Yeah. This minor character we don't know the name of. He's the dad. Oh, that reminds me, this is a weird tangent. In Fairy Tale The Last Arc, I realized that they couldn't kill anyone off because the whole reason why the final arc happens was because it was Natsu's fault. Because he could have ended it all if he just killed himself along with Zeroth, but Happy stopped it. So narratively, you could not let anyone die in the last arc or else you could blame Natsu for their death. Should have blamed Natsu. I- <laughs> No, I just like to commend Golden Kamui because they're not afraid to kill someone off even if they're beloved. So like, you're literally on your seat like, okay, this is it. This is how we lose, like, Suwaishi. He's gonna fall to his death and have a meaningless death. I know, I can't believe they killed Edo guy. The bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so Russian snipers are going after them and they're like, what the hell? Why are they going after us? We didn't do anything illegal yet. And that's when it's revealed. Dun, 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 dun. Kiryonke, the bomb specialist, he's a terrorist. We should have saw it coming. Are you considered a terrorist if it's a country that took over your people? But technically, they were in Russia when they killed the leader with a bomb. I guess that is terrorism, huh? <laughs> Justify terrorism, but still terrorism. Yeah, so the Russian Border Patrol wants Kiranke, and basically they were like, Ogata, deal with this. And Ogata has the best fight, in your opinion, where he does nothing. I think it's cool because it's a, especially when you're reading it, it's a real mindfuck of like, is he in the coffin or is he hiding? I will say this is the first time it's a sniper versus sniper, so you can't have a long drawn out battle because the first move means you're dead so it's all about hide and seek I watch a lot of YouTube about like snipers matches and I, I don't know if just for some reason the the act of hiding of waiting for the perfect shot of like being very meticulous and observant for like the slightest of movements is just what changes the battle because like you said wait one movement and you're done yeah you, you gave away location you put a fork in you I think another reason why I like this fight is because you've seen Ogata in other fights before and it's kind of brought everything back together like the whole like one movement like because there's the one with him and against Tanigaki and how like the shot of the gun there's also like him shooting people to wound them so it's like I think back then it was like what, oh we gotta help them and this one they like we're gonna leave you man yeah. I know you're the leader so it just kind of brought everything back together and then this one was kind of iffy you get to see Ogata's PTSD with his brother that he killed which is like a weird thing because like when he killed his brother before he was just like oh I just wanted to kill him just to kill him yeah then you find out no you you really were really jealous of your half-brother for living the life that you never did. Which, I think some series I've seen touch this a little bit, but they haven't gone as in-depth and as brutal as Golden Kamui has of the jealousy of the half-sibling that got the parent lifestyle that you could not get. So, like, Ogata, he's being haunted by the ghost of his brother he killed, but you never see his face. I want the reveal so badly that the brother looks just like Ogata but happy. Jesus. I just want it! Oh, and then that was the end of the border crossing but apparently not the last we see of Vasily because he's already on anime merch so he's gonna be important gotta get that merch gotta get that sweet merch so I think this is also probably what a part where Kiranki is explaining you know what he's done in the past cause the next arc is him going over his past with Wilk and Sophia oh yeah and you get to find out oh the reason why we're going to Sophia is because she knew your father Ashipa so I'm hoping her memory of your father would trigger a hidden repressed memory in your head so you know how to read the map. That logic is so... So bullshit. (laughs) 
But I mean, I guess Kiwanki is desperate because as of right now, if a Sherpa wanted to solve it, she would have solved it by now. Yeah. So he just has to do something to connect a Sherpa and the dad. And so after blowing up a prince in Russia, the fugitives, of course, and they're on the run and they're like, let's escape to Japan. But they need to learn how to speak Japanese. And Sophia, I think she's the leader of the Revolutionary Army at the time. I think so, yeah. And she's like this rich girl who doesn't want to be rich anymore. Anymore. She wants to help, like, the people. So, Sophia, Kuryanki, and Wilk, I don't know, I guess they defected from the Revolutionary Army, maybe because the hot criminals who just got labeled as terrorists, and they needed to travel to Japan, but they gotta learn Japanese. So they find this photographer, I forget his name. Uh-oh. Koichi Hasegawa. Oh yeah, it always fucks me up because, you know, Jojo's name Koichi. God. But yeah, so they find Koichi from Jojo, and he knows Japanese and Russian, so they're like, hey, we're just cool kids. Teach us some Japanese. Japanese, yo. And Koichi's like, yeah, okay. Hey, this is my Russian wife and baby. Aren't they cute? And Sophia's <laughs> like, hell yeah. And then they learn Japanese and Wilk picks it up really fast because he's a Mary Sue. Wilk picks it up fast. Kiyomaki suffers a... Something about Sophia didn't really want to learn, but they knew that if she wanted to learn, she could. Yeah, look, y'all. You, you have to understand, there's a weird love triangle between these three because Sophia's clearly in love with Wilk and Kiyomaki Yonke is clearly in love with Sophia. So you kind of just have to keep that in mind with the sexual tension. <laughs> and then you kind of see glimpses of, oh god, the Russian police, they're onto them. They're going to their house. The wife has to run away with yeah, the, the baby. The photographer's like, look, you gotta get out of here. Things are gonna get dodgy soon. And the wife's like, okay. I don't know how to do a Russian accent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you were gonna do. <laughs> so yeah, the wife and the baby's gone at this point. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Russian police comes and, you know, these terrorists are like, ah, oh, fuck no. And they start beating the shit out of this police guy. And they're like, who told you we were here? Who told you that we terrorists was here? And the Russian police guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm here for a Japanese spy. A Japanese what? A Japanese what? <laughs> Koichi from Jojo. Explain. And Koichi from Jojo's like, you see, I was always a Japanese spy. And me taking pictures of landscapes was actually me getting information about Russia. And for some reason, these terrorists are like, you know what? We bonded. Let's help you out. And then Koichi's like, you gonna help me out? What if I told you this camera was a gun this entire time? <gasps> I'm going buck wild. And they start shooting left and right. If they see even a tiny rustle in the grass, it's bam, bam, bam. Which leads to the disheartening, <laughs> what we just praised Gonkami for, for being able to kill anyone at any moment. They kill Koichi's wife and baby. In the anime, supposedly she comes back because she saw like a wanted poster but I don't think that was in the manga. In the manga I'm pretty sure the manga set it up where like she passed those policemen on her way to her parents house and they dropped a wanted poster and they wanted us to believe that it was the wanted poster for the terrorists since I think we saw Koichi with the wanted posters so we knew that there was wanted posters but then it was later on revealed that she actually saw Koichi's wanted poster. Oh so you think there was a wanted poster? Yeah. It was just like, um, it was just tricking us of who was on it. Oh. But basically, Sophia blames herself because she was, she didn't go buck wild with the camera gun, but... <laughs> the turret. <laughs> <laughs> 
But she blames herself for killing him. No one knows the truth. And Koichi's like, you guys just gotta go. Like, just leave. They just leave. And then Sophia's like so ridden with guilt. She's like, I'm gonna stay in Russia. Will can kill Yonki. You guys can go to Japan. I don't really give a shit anymore. Which, does that make sense? To be fair though, this is her country. Right? Yeah. Like, it, it's harder for her. Because the island people have already been taking over and they kind of like lost their place. Yeah. So going to Japan is almost like, you know, just going to another foreign land. But for Sophia, it's like leaving your homeland. And now it's time for the reveal. The reveal is so big that the anime director for Golden Kamui legit had to go to social media and be like, you know the twist, keep it to yourself. Oh, it's mind-boggling. When I read this, I was like, what? I'm sorry, what? I, know, I was reading like, the same? The same man we've been reading this entire time? Kuichi holding his dead wife and child in his hand. Somehow they both got shot with a single bullet. And she's like, yo, Kuichi, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, my name's not Kuichi. Since you're gonna die, I might as well tell you my real name. It's Surumi. Dun, dun, dun. It is like, because what does this say about Surumi? He's old. And besides that, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's just like, because Surumi is a spy for Japan on Russia. He is a military leader. He's so obviously the spy. Is like he's that's why he's good at being manipulative, that's why he's good at lying. It also kind of shows why he is trying to make another war in Japan because war is all he's ever known. He tried to have a family and then war took away his family, yeah. And because his thing is that he wants to create a war, is he the one who also wants to overtake the government? Maybe this part gets so confusing for us. We, we're always so confused. On- I think Higashikata is the one who wants to take over the government, but he also wants to give the gold to the Ainu people. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know Sumi definitely just wants to just do war racketeering to give everyone a job in the war. That is true, but Sumi is also a weird character because isn't he also screwing the 7th Division because he's hiding the fact that, oh, it has something to Ogata's dad, right? Because Ogata's dad didn't kill himself like he told them. Sumi got it so that 7th Division got blamed, but Sumi is like pretending to be like the leader and be like, no, we're gonna fight this injustice this even though he was like the cause of it and yeah right like Sumi is very manipulative and it, I don't know if I ever want the truth about him to ever come out because I don't want to see him be like oh you lied to us we're gonna kill you and it's like blah 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 Sumi's like he's a mastermind yeah what's interesting is that in the anime when a character died at one point his eyes turned red and when Sumi had to burn down his house with his wife and child his eyes turned red kind of signifying that like a part of him died that day you know what we we didn't really go over it because it wasn't really that important but I think the first time you see Sumi really manipulative was in Tsukishima's past wouldn't it be before that because we gone over Ogata's past yeah but I, we never got to see his charming manipulative side oh. it was just all devious you know the Tsukishima thing is still very confusing to me yeah I don't know it <laughs> there, there's so much back and forth and like I'm sure it'll come out later because they, they bring it up again quick rundown of Tsukishima how I understand it Tsukishima he was a punk kid fell in love with a seaweed girl he went to war or he went somewhere he came back and the seaweed girl was gone and the whole village is like oh I think the seaweed girl killed herself cause we thought you died at war and then Tsukishima's like what the fuck I, I didn't die at war who told her I died and then Tsukishima's abusive dad's like ah I did it <laughs> hate you son and so he beat the shit out of the dad and then he went to jail and then 
Tsurumi came and was like, Hey man, what happened? He's like, Oh, my dad, he lied to my girlfriend and now she killed herself and now he's dead. And Tsurumi investigated it and was like, Hey, your girlfriend's not dead. She actually is married off to a witch family. And so I want you not to throw your life away because you're sad about being a simp and I want you to be my right-hand man. And Tsukishima's like, Okay. But then in the war, Tsukishima's like, This guy came and was like, Hey, yeah, you know, your girlfriend's definitely dead. We definitely found the body or some shit. And then Tsukishima got all mad. This part is going to be payoff later, but he confronts Tsurumi. And Tsurumi's like, okay, look, y'all, I had to somehow get you out of jail. So I needed your girlfriend to die in this narrative. But everything I said at first was true. She is with a witch family and her parents paid your dad to say you died so that way she can move on from you. So did I lie? Kind of. But I'm really pretty. You can't be mad at this face. (laughs) And then he lost his face. I don't know how the perfect timing of it all, but soon he lost his face right then and there from a bomb. And he still followed the man. See, I think that's a giant setup to Tsukishima of why he's so loyal to Tsurumi, even though he's a manipulative bastard. That's a great part, yeah. And then that's how you get to be attached to um, Tsukishima. So now we get into really the big meat of this arc, or season, I guess. I guess you could call it an arc. <laughs> when a Sherpa's group gets to a cold prison and they make the plan to break Sophia out. And do we have to go over the fucking lighthouse? No, we don't have to go over the lighthouse. I don't even know why that exists in story-wise. We're not going over the lighthouse scene. Whatever. Just know there's a lighthouse. They was missing a daughter. You find the daughter in prison. And Sugimoto's group is heading towards the prison. What leads them to the prison? Oh. Whatever. <laughs> so basically, a Sherpa's group is able to escape with Sophia after fighting a tiger. They don't defeat the tiger. Do they explain where the tiger came from? It's just some random Siberian tiger. Alright. Which apparently some man thought, I'm gonna carve a wooden thing. Yeah. Make it look like a tiger. I thought it was a crocodile. <laughs> And then Sophia's like, ah, yes, did I ever tell you the story of how Wilkes got his name? We're gonna start reminiscing now, Shepard, get that ball rolling. That was fucked up. His whole past. That's like, what the heck? But give whatever. A, give a quick summary because it will be important. Wilk, who was, I guess, somewhat raised by his Ainu mother, because he had a Polish father, right? Yes, that's how he got the blue eyes. Yeah. Was like, I guess he loves animal watching, and he was just, he saw this wolf who was abandoned by his pack and was always crying, and he was like, aww, that wolf is lonely. And then he sees in the distance that there's a pack of wolves. And it's like, now you can go home. And he comes back and he sees the wolf dead. And it's like, oh, you weren't useful. I see. They killed you off. That's cool. I will adopt this mentality in the future. And skin you as a reminder. And then the Polish dad was like, ah, my son, you are running with the wolves, I see. Yes? I name you Polish word for wolf. Yes, father. I shall be wolf man. Awoo! And then Shep was like, I remember now. My father told me the key to the map, but he, when he told me that, that was around the time I lost my wolf Wotar. And I blocked out everything wolf related in my head. I miss Wotar. It's okay, he's getting laid out there. Sure, but for how long? <laughs> 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 anyway, so Okata kind of sees her crying. I don't know why no one else caught this. And Okata like, kind of pulls the Sherpa to the side like, Hey, you remembered something about the key, didn't you? You can trust me. Kiyoyanke killed your dad, by the way. What? Yeah. And then before Sugimoto died, he told me I was his best friend. Oh my god. Yeah, I know everything about him. Ask me anything. Oh, what was his favorite food? Uh, um, it must be the food that my mom liked, right? Yeah. 
Yeah? Yeah, okay. What was it? Oh. <laughs> Angler hot pot. Lelaya! Slap. Ah. Well, you know, slap. More like shoe in the eye. <laughs> But Sugimoto catches up to the group and they're like splitting off and they're like walking on thin ice, literally. Yeah, to get away from the prison, they gotta walk on that sweet thin ice for some reason. Why would they? Because the ocean between Japan and Russia freezes over and it's easier to walk over that ice than to go through border patrol. Oh, okay, gotcha. (laughs) I think a ship is gonna walk through border patrol and then to come back, they had to go through ice. I don't remember what Sugimoto's group did. It was a whole lighthouse crap. God, how did they get there? Right? I have no idea. So they're like split off, right? Sugimoto is like, he sees Shiraishi. Then he's like, alright Shiraishi, get away from me. I see a Sherpa. And Tanigaki runs into Kiranki. They fight the shit out of each other. He's like, this is what you get for stabbing my girlfriend. <laughs> then Kiranki had to fight Tsukishima and Koito. And Koito's the one who eventually kills Kiranki, right? Yeah, basically. He does like the almost finishing move. And then, oh god, I forgot. We didn't talk about a Sherpa and Sugimoto's beautiful reunion. Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, they they um they reunite. They come back to Kiryanke right before he dies, and like, wait, I need to talk to him. You know, I need to know why he killed my father. And you know, Kiryanke says, "Get wrecked," and dies. And Sophia runs away. She's like, "Oh fuck this! You killed my literally only friend. I'm gonna fucking leave. Screw you guys." Also, that one guy doesn't have an eye. You should do something about that. So the series won over Ogata's past because Ogata's this insane person who thinks that <laughs> nobody is pure in the world, and a Sherpa has always had a stance since episode one that like not to unnecessarily kill people oh that's why he had to have the flashback about the brother that's probably why oh shit also to explain his weird ass psyche yeah and so but the Sherpa accidentally shoots Ogata in the eye with a poison arrow because she got distracted by something because that's when um, Sugimoto came and was like Ogata and you know Sherpa's like oh my god Sugimoto I haven't seen you for a whole entire season oh shit my finger slipped so Sugimoto wants to say Ogata because he does not want it to be that a Sherpa killed him. Because of the whole thing going Kamui where she would not eat an evil Kamui if they eat human. If they killed human. A very pure girl which is very nice. A very good contrast to all the shit that she's been thrown into. Also, Sumishima got pretty fucked by Kuryanke so they really need a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but during the whole hospital treatment, Ogata runs away like a madman and Sugimoto's like, cool, I'm gonna kill you. You can get away now so that way a shipper's not like, oh man he wouldn't have died if I didn't shoot him in the eye. No, no, no. You get away now, recover, get stronger, and I'm gonna beat the living shit out of you with my penis. I'm sure someone ships that. Oh yeah, I'm sure too. Ogata is still one of the best characters, along with Surumi and Sugimoto. This was just a really good arc overall. And I'm excited to see what the next arcs have. I've been reading a little bit of the manga has gotten past, and they're very good. Would you say... I don't know when season 1 ends, but do you think this is the best season? I think season 1 literally ends with the episode where Sugimoto and Ashipa is inside that deer. Right. I think of the three... Season 2 might be my favorite. Yeah. But season 3, a season that's your favorite has to kind of be with Sherpa and Sugimoto together. Yeah. Season 1 was the exposition season. Season 2 was the, basically the prison break, which was super cool. Yeah, it, it almost made you feel like everything was going to get answered, or at least there was going to be a big piece that was going to come together. But it was written in a way where, like, to help keep the mystery going, it didn't feel like bullshit. So sad season 2 took out some of the best arcs, though. Which I think was turned into OVAs. Some of them. I don't think all of them I think did. All I think I did 
did see anime screenshots of the mafia boss and the lightning thief, but then um it was just they're really cracking down on the golden comedy, no rip torrent. The what? Like um no illegal, no oh. pirating. Oh okay. Ooh, I want to see a lightning one. Oh, I don't know. And of course the bestiality. <laughs> anyway, that's it, guys. We're done with golden comedy. No, no nothing wrong. Nothing problematic with no, that series. Best series ever. Don't look at the CGI bear. <laughs> Thanks, guys.